As season after season has progressed here at the Sea America podcast, one thing's become pretty clear. Our country loves replicating and restoring historic world landmarks, from Carhenge in Nebraska to the London Bridge in Arizona. If it's an international adventure you're interested in, you may only have to go as far as the next town over. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the Sea America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, we're adding to our ever-growing list of episodes, highlighting international landmark replicas that dot the American landscape with a road trip to the iconic Parthenon, located not in Athens, but in Nashville, Tennessee. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. It may seem a little silly to recreate structures from around the world. In fact, we Americans often point a finger at China and Japan for doing it, forgetting we have an Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas and a Leaning Tower of Niles, Illinois. But the Nashville Parthenon is a little different, because the full original Parthenon doesn't exist. It's been standing in ruins for the greater part of 2,500 years, despite a questionable effort by the Greek government to restore it over the last 50 the Nashville Project was an intellectual exercise to help learn about history and ancient architecture. And despite being nearly 125 years old itself, it's the most accurate replica of the original Parthenon on Earth. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. For the second time this season, it's time to dive back into European history before we can come back to the amber waves of grain. Here's Abigail Trebue. The most important monument of ancient Greece was as famous as a Greek architectural masterpiece when it was built as it is today. The Parthenon is located atop the Acropolis in the heart of the city of Athens, a hill 50 stories high, visible from miles away. Construction began in 447 BC when the Athenian Empire was at the peak of its power, built as a temple dedicated to the goddess Athena. Built entirely of pentelic marble, the Parthenon rests on a base of three steps. It had eight Doric columns in the front area and 17 columns on the long sides, each 35 feet high. The gables of the structure described several important scenes, including the quarrel that Athena had with Poseidon for possession of Athens and Attica. Inside of its colonnaded walls, a 40-foot statue of Athena stood, encrusted in gold. The statue alone was built for a cost equal to a fleet of 230 ships. The Parthenon's architects used clever optical corrections to help achieve an image of perfection in the human eye. 
For example, the base of the Parthenon arcs about three inches over its 240-foot length. The columns are slightly swollen at two-thirds of their height and curve slightly toward the center of the building. The corner columns are slightly larger and closer together than the others. After standing for around 1,000 years, in about 500 AD, the Parthenon was converted into a Christian church and remained so for another 1,000 years. At this time, the whole of the middle section of the east pediment was removed, destroying a dozen statues. Part of the east frieze was taken down and almost all of the exterior plaques above each column were deliberately defaced. Mainland Greece was conquered by the Ottoman Empire by 1460 and the building became a mosque. When Athens was under siege by the Venetians in 1687, the Parthenon was used as a gunpowder store. A huge explosion blew the roof off and destroyed a large portion of the remaining sculptures. The building has been in ruin ever since. By 1800, only about half of the original sculpture decoration remained. After obtaining permission from the Ottoman authorities, the British ambassador to the Ottoman Empire, Lord Elgin, removed much of the remaining sculptures from the fallen ruins. Elgin was passionate about ancient Greek art and transported the sculptures to Britain at his own expense. Their arrival in London made a profound impression upon European art and taste at a time when the European Enlightenment was revising its idea of what art should be. Elgin bankrupted himself transporting the sculptures to Britain. In 1816, Parliament decided to acquire the collection for the British Museum, where most are still on display. In 1975, the Greek government began a concerted effort to restore the Parthenon and other Acropolis structures. After some delay, a Committee for the Conservation of the Acropolis Monuments was established in 1983. The committee has campaigned since for the British Museum to return the sculptures to Greece. The British Museum has steadfastly refused. In the time since, an archaeological committee thoroughly documented every artifact remaining on the site, and architects assisted with computer models to determine their original locations, and a careful process of restoration began. In contrast to the ruins of the Parthenon in Greece, the Nashville Parthenon is in perfect condition. It stands proudly as the centerpiece of Centennial Park, Nashville's premier urban park. The recreation of the 42-foot statue of Athena is the focus of the Nashville Parthenon, just as it was in ancient Greece. The building and the Athena statue are both full-scale replicas of the originals. Nashville's nickname, the Athens of the South, influenced the choice of the building of the Parthenon as the centerpiece of the 1897 Centennial Exposition. A number of buildings at the exposition were based on ancient originals. However, the Parthenon was the only one that was an exact reproduction. It was also the only one that was preserved by the city. Originally built out of plaster, wood, and brick, the Nashville Parthenon was not intended to be permanent, but the cost of demolishing the structure, combined with its popularity with residents and visitors alike, resulted in it being left standing after the exposition. Within the next 20 years, weather had caused deterioration of the landmark. It was then rebuilt on the same foundations, in concrete, in a project that started in 1920. The exterior was completed in 1925 and the interior in 1931. 
Some of the most elaborate events that occurred at the Parthenon were the spring pageants of 1913 and 1914. These extravaganzas were theatrical productions on a massive scale. With casts of up to 500, the pageants brought in audiences from surrounding states and rail prices were lowered to encourage attendance. Both shows featured impressive displays ranging from chariot races to huge dance numbers to thousands of live birds to set pieces that shot flames, all set against the backdrop of the majestic Nashville Parthenon. Replicas of the Parthenon marbles are direct casts of the original sculptures from the British Museum. On the lower level, the Parthenon features a group of 63 paintings by 19th and 20th century American artists, donated by James M. Cowan. Additional gallery spaces provide a venue for a variety of temporary shows and exhibits. The main level contains a replica, completed in 1990, of the 42-foot-tall Athena Parthenos statue that was in the original Parthenon in Athens. It's a reconstruction to careful scholarly standards of the long-lost original. Today, in the summertime, local theater productions use the building as a backdrop for classic Greek plays, such as Euripides' Medea and Sophocles' Antigone, performing, usually for free, on the steps of the Parthenon. Other performances, such as Mary Zimmerman's Metamorphosis, have been done inside, at the foot of Athena's statue. This episode of See America was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow the See America podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the See America Facebook group where we chat about some of America's greatest road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast or come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com.